0: Hello and welcome to Wake the F*** Up, a podcast about conscious living. I'm your host, Madison Palika, here to explore with you a holistic, healthy, and ethical way of life to help you gain awareness and self-empowerment. I hope to awaken humanity to the reality of the world as well as their own creative potential. Thank you so much for being here, and I love you. Hi, friends. We're getting right down to business today. Today the episode is on the truth behind Christmas. So I just did about two hours worth of research and I have compiled 11 pages of stuff we're talking about. So I'm gonna try and keep this as organized as possible. But really the question that I was asking is, what is Christmas? Why do we celebrate it? Like, is the timing correct? What do all of these uh symbols signify you know is it originally a chris or a christian holiday or is it something else entirely so what christians think that they're celebrating is jesus's birth and i took this from an article on <laughs> countryliving.com but it says or I gave just a few bible verses of what it is that we're celebrating in the christmas season and this is 1 Timothy chapter 1, verses 15 through 16. It says, Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the worst. But for that very reason, I was shown mercy, so that in me, the worst of sinners, Christ Jesus might display his immense patience as an example for those who would believe in him and receive eternal life. And on, this is on Christmas being a season of giving, It gave the Bible verse, uh, Matthew chapter 6, verse 2. So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets, to be honored by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. As for a time to be merry, it gives another Bible verse in Proverbs chapter 17, verse 22. And it says, A merry heart does good like medicine. So the characteristics that we're celebrating for Christmas are good and they're biblical, but what about the rest of the holiday? Like, was this really Jesus's birth? Who is Santa? What's the Christmas tree for? I just, I had all these questions. So continuing on my research, I found a website. This is actually a website from the jehovah's witnesses uh but it says the bible does not give the date of jesus's birth nor does it say that we should celebrate his birthday as the mcclintock and strong's cyclopedia states the observance of christmas is not of divine appointment nor is it of new testament origin On November 22nd, 1984, the Buffalo News published an article, and in that article it says, The earliest reference to Christmas being marked on December 25th comes from the second century after Jesus' birth. And the Catholic Encyclopedia from 1911, under Christmas, it says, Christmas was not among the earliest festivals of the church. The first evidence of that feast is from Egypt. Which, from the Bible, we know that Egypt kept the Israelites as slaves. And it continues, In the scriptures, no one is recorded to have kept a feast or held a great banquet on his birthday. It is only sinners, like Pharaoh and Herod, who make great rejoicings over the day in which they were born into this world. Going back to the Jehovah's Witnesses account of Christmas, they say that an examination of the history of Christmas exposes its roots in pagan religious rites. The Bible shows that we offend God if we try to worship him in a way that he does not approve of. And for an example, it gives Exodus chapter 32, verses 5 through 7, which is talking about Aaron forming a calf out of golden jewelry. So he builds the altar. He says there's a festival tomorrow. So they all get up the next day, offer their burnt offerings and do their sacrifices. And um, God says to Moses, go down to your people because they've corrupted themselves because they were worshiping false gods or at least worshiping in the wrong way. So about celebrating Jesus's birthday, the World Book Encyclopedia says, the early Christians did not celebrate his birth because they considered the celebration of anyone's birth to be a pagan custom. Uh, And on the date of December 25th, it says that there is no proof that Jesus was born on that day. And church leaders likely chose this date to coincide with pagan festivals held on or around the winter solstice. As for mistletoe or holly, the Druids ascribed magical Okay, magical properties to the mistletoe in particular and the evergreen holly was worshipped as a promise of the sun s-u-n the sun's return and according to the encyclopedia britannica on the christmas tree it says tree worship common among the pagan europeans survived after their conversion to christianity one of the ways in which tree worship survived is in the custom of placing a yule tree at an entrance or inside the house in the midwinter holidays. So this was all from, I mean, there's a few different sources, but a lot of that was from the Jehovah's Witnesses website. Um, So then I went to my next source, and this is Christianity.com, and they say, the Christmas season, especially in the West, is a mix of pre-Christian, Christian, and secular traditions. What's interesting is that the etymology of the word Christmas literally means Christian mass, so it's a shortened form of Christ's mass. Christmas, is a time of spiritual reflection on the important foundations of the Christian faith. It's also a celebration, and it's when Christians celebrate God's love for the world through the birth of the Christ child, Jesus. Uh, Verse 11 says, Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. So this website goes on to say that although people worldwide celebrate Christ's birth on December 25th, it was likely that he was born on a different month and date. Okay, so the timing is totally off. The church in the 4th century chose December 25th as it coordinated with the solstice on the Roman calendar. So when we're talking about Christianity, a lot of the pushback I get is about the mixture of Christianity and the Romans. So I went ahead and did a little bit of research on this topic just to give kind of a background. Uh this is from KhanAcademy.org and it says that Judaism, which that's you know, the first the Old Testament, this was Judaism because Christ was not there yet. Christianity didn't exist, right? So Judaism had received the status of a legal religion in the Roman Empire with formal protections, but even though Christianity developed out of Jewish traditions, it didn't have legal protections yet because it was very new. It wasn't really formally put together yet. So Christians were sometimes persecuted or formally punished for their beliefs during the first two centuries CE. Honestly, I don't know what CE means. That's okay. Don't mind me. But the Roman state generally ignored Christians unless they were challenging their authority. So in 313 CE again, I don't know what that means Emperor Constantine Constantine Emperor Constantine granted Christianity legal status, which was very important, um, and in 325 he called the Council of Nicaea, which was a gathering of Christian leaders, to determine the formal beliefs of Christianity. The result of this was the Nicene Creed, which basically laid out the agreed-upon beliefs of the council. In 380, the emperor Theodosius made Christianity, specifically Nicene Christianity, the official religion of the Roman Empire, And most other Christian sects were deemed heretical, lost their legal status, and had their properties confiscated by the Roman state, which I'll talk about this more in just a second. Someone had asked, what did Constantine do to spread Christianity? The answer is he didn't do anything. He simply decriminalized it pretty much for the sake of getting Christians to back him if there should be a political struggle. Uh, But before him, Christians were badly persecuted. Constantine actually became a Christian himself. But there was a huge debate between early Christians as to the relationship of the father and the son. Some people were saying that the father was more powerful than the son, like more divine. So what Constantine was doing with the Nicaea Council was to try and unify Christians behind a common belief. So what they united around was the belief that the father is not of different substance than the son. They're the same, one and the same being. And mind you, this is the very beginning of Christianity. It's not really a fully formed official religion yet. So that's what the Nicene Creed was about a lot of people will say that they distorted the bible or whatever but really it's because there was a division between these people who couldn't decide if the father and the son were one and the same or if one held more power than the other so they said they're the same and that's pretty much what this was all about but this debate still does carry out like for example i'm pretty sure the lds church do believe that the father and the son are separate uh but moving on a lot of these websites are saying that Christian or that Christmas was originally pagan. What is paganism? Pagan is a term describing belief and worship of multiple gods, which all throughout the Bible is frowned upon. Ancient pagans worshipped gods that were associated with nature, and nearly every non-Israelite culture practiced a form of paganism. But the God of the Bible demanded something different. He claimed to be the one almighty God, and strictly commanded people not to worship him with images or statues. This is from lifehopeandtruth.com. So it goes on to talk about different aspects of Christmas. The first one is timing. And it says, The biblical celebrations ordained by God are celebrated in three seasons of the year, spring, summer, and fall in the northern hemisphere. And this gives, for reference, Exodus chapter 23, 14 through 16, which gives the three times of the year to feast, and Leviticus chapter 23, which gives the holidays to be celebrated. And of the ones listed, there's the Sabbath, the Passover, and the festival of unleavened bread, offering of the first fruits, the festival of weeks, the festival of trumpets, the day of atonement, and the festival of tabernacles. None of the commanded festivals of the Bible were ever celebrated in the winter. However, many pagan civilizations celebrated winter solstice because it marked the time when the days would begin getting longer. They saw this as a day when the sun, okay, the sun in the sky, worshipped as a god, began conquering the darkness of winter. In AD 274, the Roman emperor Aurelian elevated the sun god as the chief Roman god by dedicating a new temple to him, on December 25th. It's widely known that in the fourth century, the Catholic Church adopted the pagan celebration of the winter solstice and modified it. All right, and I don't know how much I've talked about the Catholic Church in previous episodes, but there is some dark, twisted distortion going on in the Catholic Church. I do not trust them (laughs) or anything they do or say. So, they decided to use that day to worship the birth of the Son of God instead of the Sun God. And in a book called A History of Pagan Europe, written in 1995, it says, The winter solstice, or Brumelia, had been associated with the birth of Jesus in 354 by Bishop Liberius of Rome. Up next on the list is The Christmas Tree. This is from LearnReligions.com. It says... During the cold and dark winter months, the fir tree remains green. Pagans, in their worship of nature, revered evergreen trees as sacred because the cold and darkness could not prevail against them. The pagans would cut the trees and bring them into their houses as a good omen and a symbol of fertility. In addition, they would decorate their houses with greenery and flowering pants. <laughs> pants! Flowering plants! Such as holly, ivy, and mistletoe. And then about mistletoe mistletoe the ancient romans honored the god saturn saturn is known to be the planet of satan so the romans honored the god saturn and to keep them happy they conducted fertility rituals under the mistletoe so basically they had orgies under mistletoes and this type of stuff still goes on with satanic ritual abuse where children and others are used for sex rituals Um, including on Christmas, Christmas Eve, but I will talk more about that later. Next up is Santa Claus. Santa has become an iconic symbol of Christmas, but the modern-day Santa is far tamer than his ancient counterpart. Krampus. I actually first learned about Krampus through a child-trafficking survivor named Allie, or Lonnie. She is on Instagram. Her uh, handle is xoodyssey or Lonnie's truth, L-A-N-I-S, truth. So Krampus, his name means claw, and he's a half-goat, half-demon creature who is believed to visit children on Krampus night and whip them into shape, taking away the very naughty ones to the underworld in his sack. Adults would dress up in hideous-looking costumes and frighten children. When these traditions were appropriated into Christmas, Krampus was associated with St. Nicholas. For a while, the two worked together kind of as a good cop, bad cop, with Krampus punishing the naughty children and Santa rewarding the good ones. But eventually, the two were combined and merged into the modern-day Santa Claus. This is from heritagedaily.com. It says, Krampus, derived from the German word krampen, meaning claw, And he's most commonly depicted as a hairy creature with cloven hooves, the horns of a goat, and a large snake-like tongue. Alright, snake, that old serpent, the devil. In some depictions, he's presented carrying chains, thought to symbolize the binding of the devil by the Christian church. Naughty children would find themselves beaten with birch branches or a whip, with the most sinful being snatched away in a sack or basket with the intent to devour, drown, torture, or carry them back to hell. Okay, this, this is a real thing going on on Christmas. People are celebrating this. Folklorists have postulated that Krampus was associated with the son of hell in North mythology or may date to pre-Germanic paganism in remote mountain valleys of Austria as a custom to cast out winter and its evil spirits. This next one is from history.com and it says that the postcard industry experienced a boom in Germany and Austria in the 1890s, and it opened the way for Krampus carton. These holiday cards were not meant to make you feel warm and fuzzy. Uh, One's marked greetings from Krampus showed him stuffing a distressed child into his satchel or preparing to hit one with his bundle of birch sticks. Many of these postcards depicted Krampus going after children with his sticks, leading them away in chains, or carrying them off in his bag. Honestly, this sounds like modern child trafficking. According to Langer's Encyclopedia of World History, article Santa, Santa was actually a common name for Nimrod through Asia Minor. This was the same fire god who came down the chimneys of ancient pagans and the same fire god to whom infants were burned and eaten in human sacrifice among those who were once God's people. So Nimrod in the Bible He wanted to build cities and is credited with building the Tower of Babylon, which was the center of a city that would reach to the heavens, meaning to the stars and the planets. They were... He was basically pagan. He was worshiping the celestial bodies. The goal of their leaders was to make a name for themselves that would be remembered forever. Nimrod's party then defeated the Japhethites to assume universal rulership. Okay, this guy was like the original... One world government, the original Great Reset guy. He was, he was like he was the il- original Illuminati rule the planet guy. Continuing with Santa Claus, uh, the next is he's often referred to as St. Nicholas or Old Nick. Turns out Old Nick has long been recognized as a term for the devil. In Revelation chapter 2 verse 6 and 15, we read about a doctrine of the Nick. Nicoletanes, which Christ twice tells his church that he hates. So if you analyze the word Nicoletane, it means follower of Nicholas. Nikos means conqueror and destroyer. Laos means people. Nicoletanes then are people who follow the conqueror or destroyer. Nimrod, if you have believed that following Christmas is an innocent Christian custom, let this truth sink in. So it goes on to talk about uh, the story of Jesus and the Samaritan woman at the well. Jesus told her that what God is most concerned about is how he is worshipped. And he said that God demands to be worshipped in spirit and in truth. Uh, This is John chapter 4 verses 23 through 24. Christians should base their worship of God and Jesus Christ on what the Bible reveals, not the pagan traditions of ancient cultures. So years after Jesus' resurrection, the Apostle John wrote that no lies should be mixed with the truth that comes from God, 1 John 2.21. But Christmas is literally riddled with lies. Consider the following. Nowhere in the Bible is the date of Jesus' birth identified, though it does contain clues that his birth was almost certainly not in the wintertime. Two, nativity scenes often depict three wise men bearing gifts, yet a close reading of the biblical description shows that no wise men were present on the night of Jesus' birth. And three, many Christians lie to their children about the existence of Santa, a direct violation of God's commandment to not lie. Exodus chapter 20 verse 16. So next up... (laughs) (laughs) oh man this this next quote is coming from a a man named robert frost hilarious it sounds so poetic robert frost um but this guy was actually an instructor and flight controller at nasa why he was selected to comment on christmas no idea but this is what he said there's nothing to be feared from those traditions They are additive, not dilutive. Pagan contributions are not something to fear. Heck, today is Wednesday for English speakers and Mercolese, sorry, for Spanish speakers. Where do you think those names come from? Wednesday comes from the pagan Germanic god Woden and Mercolese comes from the pagan god Mercury. We are no more corrupted by having a, in quote, pagan Christmas tree in our house than we are by having a calendar that says Wednesday on it. But I just found this interesting considering, one, conspiracies of NASA lying about the nature of the earth, but also the Bible clearly stating, do not mix me with false gods, you know? And it's a good point that he brings up about how our language, even our days and months, have been mixed up with false worship. You know, what is even true? that This is all part of leaving the matrix, and I fully believe that Jesus is the exit door. But just so funny that a guy who works at NASA is telling you, oh, no, 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 don't, don't be afraid of pagan traditions uh, infiltrating Christmas. There's nothing to fear. Like, this guy wants you to burn in hell. So not chill. So the next thing I wanted to explore was Christmas and its connections to the occult or satanic, which the Bible disapproves of. Uh, this first part I got from christianityshines.com, and it gives Ephesians chapter 5, verse 11, take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. And it says, the Messiah's birthday was never celebrated by the apostles or Jesus. In the Satanic Bible, founder of LaVeyan Satanism, Anton LaVey, writes that after one's own birthday, the two major Satanic holidays are Walpurgisnacht, I don't know, uh, which is a formerly Christian holiday, and Halloween. Other holidays celebrated by members of the Church of Satan include the two solstices, two equinoxes, Yule, and Christmas. A website called christmaspagandeception.wordpress.com points out how santa can be rearranged to make satan <laughs> like duh and it lists a quote from an encyclopedia of occultism that says nick or old nick is a well-known appellation of the devil the name appears to have been derived from the dutch Nicken, the devil which again comes from the anglo-saxon nakan to slay For as Wachter says, the devil was a murderer from the beginning. Another quote. This is from a book called Falsehoods of Religion Foisted on a Gullible Society. It says, Most religious historians and experts in folklore believe that there is no valid evidence to indicate that St. Nicholas ever existed as a human. They can find no evidence of him like they do with other members of the clergy of the time. In fact... There are quite a few indicators that his life story was simply recycled from those of pagan gods. So you see, the church leaders at that time are responsible for a great fraud upon society, which has never been corrected to this day, of both Christ's birthday and celebration of that of a false Santa Claus. Very interesting, right? So this next quote comes from directly from the Church of Satan's website, and it says... Since Satanism is a self-centered religion, the highest holiday of the year would be the Satanist's own birthday, which needs no ritual, but should be spent in doing things a Satanist would enjoy. And it says, well, what about Christmas? And literally, Satanists, the Church of Satan says, the Christians stole this holiday from the pagans. Santa Claus has come to signify indulgence, and he's a combination of Dionysus and Selenus from Roman and Greek myths. And it says, the Romans celebrated the orgiastic Saturnalia at this time, which I will get more into Saturnalia and the Romans. But continuing on the thread of Christmas and satanic roots or dark occult roots, I actually found a calendar with all the dates and celebrations of satanic rituals. Um, the website is exposing satanism.org. And... These are the couple of things I found. December 22nd, they celebrate the winter solstice with orgies, which are oral, anal, or vaginal. And they do this with any age, male or female, human or animal. Next up, December 24th, they celebrate demon revels, type Damur, I don't really know what this means, which is a high grand climax. And again, they use any aged male or female, female, human, or animal. Then finally, Christmas and Christmas Eve are blood-type rituals. And usually they will receive body parts as Christmas gifts, and they use infant males. I also recommend looking up Becky Percy on Instagram or YouTube. Her video that I'm referring to is called My Christmas Message to Abuse Survivors and in the first few minutes she explains that she would usually be trafficked on Christmas and there would be more men and more children than usual and she said that the children would be expected to perform sexual acts on each other so Christmas for her is particularly difficult and it's always been a trigger. Um, So just something to keep in mind while you're celebrating with your family, people are being horrifically abused. And now going a little bit deeper into the Satanistic and occult uh, backgrounds of Christmas. This was a little deeper than I was planning on going for this episode, Um, but I did find it interesting and I wanted to at least mention it. But it was talking about the dark occult and how symbolism is everything to them. And it was saying how a Christmas tree signifies your spine. The star at the top of the tree signifies your pineal gland, which is between your two temples in your head or your dome. And it talks a lot about phonetics and it talks about your kingdom. kingdom. Um, so the star signifies your pineal gland and the lights signify your DNA. And it talks about Christmas, how it's sometimes called x Uh, Christmas Eve and Christmas Day are the 24th and the 25th, and the 24th and 25th letters of the alphabet are X and Y, X and Y are our chromosomes, basically what this website was saying that it signifies a tree with lights and a star on top presents that we are giving gifts to the occult or to the dark forces of letting them mess with, extract, and experiment on our DNA and siphon our energy and power through things like our cerebral spinal fluid, which, again, I have learned from a MKUltra, satanic ritual abuse survivor, that she did have her cerebral spinal fluid extracted from her and um, I think it must be something similar to adrenochrome and you know having this blood or this bodily fluid extracted as sort of an elixir as a source of life and given to people who are dark and evil and twisted and want everlasting life but not through the spirit so that's just something to to think about you know if you don't want to be giving consent to dark forces. I would definitely pray about it. State that, you know, you do not consent to any darkness. Um, yeah, we have we have free will. But I do think we often get manipulated into giving it away uh, and deceived by not fully having the truth behind things. So kind of dark and twisted. That's a little deep. But I want to continue on to Saturnalia and the Roman uh, celebrations. So the Saturnalia Festival featured human sacrifices, and it ran from December 17th to the 23rd. There would be gladiator battles, and the deaths would be considered more sacrifices to the deity Saturn. About gladiator battles, um, I suggest looking up Jesse Zabotar. That's C-Z-E-B-O-T-A-R. She was born and raised in a Luciferian cult or the Illuminati and she was actually given a really high ranking which she was born into but she didn't end up taking the spot. Anyway, she explains that there really are places dedicated to gladiator type battles where people really do fight to the death and they are given power and this is all satanic. According to history.com, Saturnalia, the most popular holiday on the ancient Roman calendar, derived from older farming-related rituals of midwinter and the winter solstice, especially the practice of offering gifts or sacrifices to the gods during the winter sowing season. On the Julian calendar, which the Romans used at the time, the winter solstice fell on December 25th. On the last day of Saturnalia celebrations, known as the Sigillaria, many Romans gave their friends and loved ones small terracotta figurines known as Signalaria, which may have referred back to older celebrations involving human sacrifice. Mind you, again, Saturn has long been the planet of Satan, and this winter solstice coming up, December 21st, is the conjunction of Saturn and Jupiter. So basically, the god planet and the devil planet are squaring off on the darkest day of the year. The news is calling it a Christmas star, but it's not the true Christmas star. That's a deception. Going on. The cult statue of Saturn in the temple traditionally had woolen bonds tied around his feet, but during Saturnalia, these bonds were loosened to symbolize the god's liberation. In many Roman households, a mock king was chosen sometimes called the lord of misrule. Usually a lowlier member of the household, this figure was responsible for making mischief during the celebrations, insulting guests, wearing crazy clothing, chasing women and girls, etc. The idea was that he ruled over chaos rather than the normal Roman order. The common holiday custom of hiding coins or other small objects and cakes is one of many dating back to Saturnalia, as this was a method of choosing the mock king. So I found this really interesting, because it's basically symbolizing the devil being tied up, and then on this day, December 25th, Saturnalia, his shackles are loosened, and he's liberated for a night. Kinda sketchy. So, all in all, after these two hours of research and 11 pages of compiled information... I have come to the conclusion that nothing about Christmas is biblical and that we have been perpetuating a lie and something that gives energy and power to false gods and to dark forces. So, you know, it sucks being the bearer of bad news. I know that Christmas can feel like such a jolly merry time, and you get work off, and it's a holiday, and you're spending time with your friends and your family, and it's so fun to eat good food and exchange gifts, but honestly, you are celebrating something that has been a myth, a lie, deception. It's, it's really not about Christ. It never has been, and there are a lot of Deep satanic origins. So, for me, this will probably be the last year that I really celebrate Christmas. I mean, I've already decorated my whole room, I've gotten people gifts and presents. I have a Santa Claus (laughs) on my dresser, but you know, after this, I don't, I just don't feel right about it anymore. Same with Halloween. So, you can do whatever you want to take this all you know, with your own grain of salt, go ahead and do your own research. But yeah, I truly don't think that it's a biblical holiday. So thanks for listening. Sorry to be, you know, metaphorically putting coal in your stocking, kind of ruining the holiday spirit for you. But let the truth be known. Thank you for listening. Love you so much. And I'll see you next time. Thank you so much for listening to today's podcast. I hope that you absolutely loved it and that you got some really good things out of it to apply in your own life. If you want to hear more, I'm really active on Instagram. My username is Madison Palika. I'm also on YouTube and Facebook, both under Madison Palika. So hit me up there. I would love to schedule a mentoring session with you or talk to you about course options. I would love to hear from you and I would love to hear what you think about this podcast. Again, I love you. Thanks so much and have the best day ever.